That's right. Hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. We are, that's right. What a, what a fun little video there. Those, those even help me as, uh, as we're going to be going through this series. It's kind of like a bookmark for my mind. You know, we go through so many things throughout the week, and we can come and huddle here every Sunday. Um, through May, we're going to be in Genesis, and we can watch that and remember what we've been reading. And I've encouraged you to be in the book of Genesis, and to help kick that off, we purchased, I think I, I got 50 of these to start in our new resource center. Uh, that's kind of like shelves on the wall, or uh, that's for you uh, to purchase things. We, we call it a resource center because we want it to be a resource, uh, resources to you guys and girls and so to start that, uh, this is a very big uh, ESV Genesis scripture journal. And these are kind of popular. We went through these. Uh, we went through and Revelation. Tommy encouraged everyone to buy one of these. And they're really cool. They have scripture on one page and you can journal right on the other. And so this is not the only way to take notes. I encourage you to bring uh, your own Bible more than a phone. Uh, I encourage you to do that. And so set that trend. But I'm going to give this one away to start and so if it's anyone's birthday today, we'll start there. And if it's not, we'll just keep going back days and see who it is. And if we have three birthdays, then three people are getting journals today. And so is there anyone's birthday today in the house? And this is, a, this is truth? This is truth? Okay, well, I don't want to embarrass you, but you get this. So if you want to come up and get it, yeah, we'll sing to you after. I mean, now it's, this is an incredible day. Yeah, well, yeah, Merry New Year. Yeah, there you go. Uh, happy birthday. And so I encourage you. Yeah. So that's all, of course, 50 chapters. It's ESV. And you can journal on that. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm real happy for you. It's your birthday. We'll sing to you after. I was on a long flight. And I guess I was not in the in, interested in watching Toy Story 4 and having a good cry. So I, uh, no one else? Never mind. So I watched a documentary about the world's for now, tallest building, which is, are you all into like really tall buildings? Any future architects out there? I'm not, I mean, I'm a youth pastor, but I, in my, another world, I would, I would like to be an architect. Um, I'll go ahead and answer that. Uh, <laughs> the Burj Khalifa in Dubai is what we're going to be talking about this morning because I was fascinated. You'd heard about this. I mean, it, it launched in 2010, so this is old news. But it's kind of new news because uh, there's two buildings that are about to soar past it, and that's pretty remarkable of how high we're starting to build uh, these, these towers, these buildings. I just want to tell you some information before we see some people skydive off of it, okay? Great. Uh, and that has really nothing to do with Genesis, the skydiving. It's just for fun. It began, construction began in January 2004, be, and it really finished in September 2009, so five years, not bad for destroying, you can go ahead and start to maybe show the first picture, destroying records before then. It's on the left there. And so as you see, uh, if you've, you've probably, most of you've probably seen, out of all of these, you've probably seen, been to New York, if you've been anywhere like that, and you've seen Freedom Tower, which is really um, tall, right? And it's a really fast elevator to get to the top. It's probably the, if you've been there, have been on the observation tower of the new Freedom Tower in New York, it's probably the highest point you've ever been in a building. And yeah, it for sure is. But has anyone actually, I mean, might as well ask this question if we're going to talk about it. Has anyone been to Dubai in this, this tower? You never know. Well, we're going to go next week. So we'll do that. No, we're not. 
It stands uh, 828 meters high. That's 2,717 feet, 160 stories high. And the, the reason why this was such a hard structure is, um, I'll get to this, the reason why this is such a hard structure is because uh, it's not like people hadn't wanted to build really tall buildings. There's a reason why you can only go so high, especially they, they wanted to do this in the desert. And the desert has a lot of something, and it's called sand. It's got sand for days. It's got sand for weeks. And so the farther they drilled down to build a foundation to hold the world's hopefully tallest tower, they brought in a great architect, they only found what? Sand upon sand upon sand. And then they found this little stone uh, that was like crumbly. And it's like, well, that's not, that's just might as well be sand. So what do we do with this? So they started to invent a new way of extending a foundation. And so they took this idea from an actual desert flower, which I really can't pronounce like that. There you go. There it is. Pretty flower. Um, if you go back to the next uh, slide, I feel like we're like in geography class, but all right, class. So, uh, kind of a dream of mine. So it's a little triangle-shaped triple pattern there. They, they formed this building based off of flowers. That's pretty cool, all right? And so on the right there, it took them so long because you know foundation is everything. And so what they decided to do is, yes, they were going to go and drill down deep, and they put a lot of columns and all that jazz. And I'm not, I really don't know the, everything that goes into that. I'm not an engineer. But they went out wide, okay? And so they basically made a big rock for themselves in the desert because they didn't find a big rock. And so they and chose to do this type of pattern, this triple pattern. And then they said, you know what? We're just going to go all the way up like a spiral all the way up this building, and it's just going to be able to stand. And before they knew it, they were not only surpassing former records. I mean, they were just, they went way past their own uh, vision, all right? They didn't even want to go this high at first, but they're like, now we have to, we can. Like, why not? And so they just kept going higher and higher and higher, pouring more and more and more concrete. Finally, it opened in 2009, really 2010. And it was just fascinating. All the things that, that came with this, I mean, it, it features this, this tallest building right now. And like I said, I'll get to it at the end, uh, these two new buildings that are going to hope and maybe beat it. But they, they have hotels, res, a lot of residents live there. I mean, you could live in this tower. You can get a little apartment. There you go. Have your morning coffee and just look off into the entire world. Uh, they have offices. I mean, that, that could be your work. You go to the office. Sky lobbies. Um, but the problem they found, I mean, doing this somewhere that somewhere else could have been a lot easier. They chose to do it in a very dry land, a very hot, in, in the desert, all right, in Dubai. And so some of the problems they found after they went like uh, so far high was when they were shooting concrete up to pour a new layer upon layer upon layer to go high it began to harden because it was so hot and it took so long for the concrete to get up there so they had to like reinvent and they like made a new type of concrete and they would only pour it at night and they poured it over ice so they did like this ice concrete thing so it would make it all the way to the top I mean they just had to think of new ways because they were going to heights we've never even dreamed of way above the clouds. If you show some more pictures, just how high and tall this building is. Would you jump off of it if you had a parachute? That's an observation tower you can go to. And so it just goes way up there. Some of you are saying, yes, get me out of here. Let's go. They, uh, and to, like every tower, to counter uh, the sway, I mean, because think about the wind. 
um, they did a spiral effect. So there's really no, it's not like a typical like prism. So the wind doesn't just hit one side of it. It's a spiral. And so it kind of just like swirls and dissipates, right? And so you don't have this kind of sway in action. I'm sorry if you're afraid of heights. You may be getting sick. I'm so sorry. Um, but that's what they do. And they had this really big, giant kind of weighted ball at the top. And so if wind does go wham towards the side, it counterbalances it. And every tall tower has that. That's old news. But what's new news, Keats? Well, new news is this. There's 24,000, I love facts. There's 24,000 windows and they couldn't find anyone brave enough to wash them. So before they made a machine to do it, they had to hire and bring in Sherpas that would climb only Mount Everest. So they had to go to pet and bring in Sherpas. <laughs> That's a fun picture. Hey, uh, they would have to bring in Sherpas to just wash the windows. I'm talking like this, this building is, I mean, as far as we know, it's one of the high points of, you know, humans building things. That's, there's probably a better way to say that, but it's true. Man, I mean, who would stand, even the observation decks on the 124th floor. That's really up there. Right now, the records are, this is the tallest building in the world for now, the tallest number of stories, the elevator that travels the most distance, um, soon to be surpassed by this tower called the Jeddah Tower in Saudi Arabia. It's going to be even higher than this. And then the Dubai Creek Tower is going to be even taller than that. And so we're just going up and up and up. And so for no reason at all, let's watch some people jump off of it, shall we? Awesome. When I came the first time in Dubai three years ago and like saw the tower, I was like, wow, like, this is the dream, you know, it's like it's the highest building in the world. We don't like to scare ourselves, you know, it's not the goal, you know, people think that you, you base jump because you're crazy, you like to get scared, you like to, but I mean, we like to fly, you know, when we like to have fun, you know, so if you are scared, if you, yeah, if you scare yourself, yeah, there, there is no fun. It's like the achievement of like all those years of training and competing and friendship. Yeah, it's training, all about like yeah. uh, making the dream come true here. All right, so that really has up. It's just a, we got to get to Genesis 1. So that is the world's tallest tower for now, and it's amazing. But the whole idea behind that is while I was watching it in the airplane, I'm like, wow. We're about to intro to Genesis. We're about to be in Genesis chapter 1 this morning, if you didn't know that already. It's kind of like, wow, Genesis 1. Wow, how do we even take that? Where do we even start from? It's a story, the creation's a story we've heard from, uh, if you've been in church a long time, if not, this is a very well-known story in almost every culture. You could even say it a different way. 
And here we are before it. And I thought, you know what? This is a great, uh, this is a great lesson for some of us in the room before we begin this 16-week journey through the book of Genesis. Because you know what? Some of us really need to hear about this world's tallest tower. Because some of us in the room may have some weak foundations. Some of you in this room can give a quick, maybe one-word answer, the right answer. But your faith, as we know, it just may not have a lot of support to it. And so when you graduate from here, or maybe you go to another church, you move away, and the first strong wind comes along, a little minor earthquake, your faith could come crashing down. Has got no support, no foundation. You really don't know what you believe. You're just kind of building all this up for maybe other people or for yourself or for your family. And I want you to have such a strong foundation. I want you to have such a foundation that's so spread out, so firm, so strong, that you, 6th to 12th grader, insert your name, that you can go from here and you can reach any height you want. You can soar above the clouds, just like this tower does, because of the firm foundation that lies beneath it. You can soar above the clouds knowing fully well you won't come crumbling down. You know what you believe. You know where to find it. You've kind of laid your faith on a table, and you've started from the very beginning, as Genesis is. You know, some of us need that proper foundation, and so that's why we're going to begin this series with a new decade, with all this new, 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 I said, last fall, I said, you know how we need to start 2020, which always sounded like just the future, right? You're going to get your flying car, here's your flying car, here's your ticket to space. You know, that's what we all used to joke about in high school. Like, 2020 was the first one, I was like, whoa, the future, man. And it's kind of depressing, none of that's happened, but it's fun. Life is awesome. We have, we have Chick-fil-A. Um, and so, yeah, that'll preach. But you know what? Genesis 2020. How do we go into the future? We got to remember the beginning. It's kind of like an oxymoron. Genesis, you know, the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning and see what happened. There's, not, there's no greater time for us to study the book of Genesis than right now in 2020. And really because of that, the whole idea in our, in our society where everything's kind of fast and you can uh, fast forward to the end and it's not like VHS where you have to wait two hours for it to rewind, you can always, you can kind of ruin uh, the story. You can go to the end. You can kind of skip over the beginning in a lot of ways for a lot of things in right now. Just tell me when to start watching, you'll say. Skip to the good part. I heard the ending was great, and we forget about the beginning. But Genesis is huge, extremely important to understanding the entire Bible. And I want you to be able to give an accurate account for what you believe. Able to open up anywhere in the Bible and to be able to fully understand anything you're reading and why it's important. And a lot of, uh, a lot of that will come with our study in the very beginning, the book of Genesis. Our desire at DBSM is to teach you how to fish, not just give you fish. And so when you leave here, you have a, a full grasp on this and you can feed yourself for a lifetime. And so that's why we're going to do this. And Genesis chapter 1 is familiar, but as I go through it, there's no way I can cover every single word and go into all the different theories, and I'll get to a conference we're throwing uh, this next Saturday. 
Um, I'll tell you about that. But the idea this morning, as I've been praying and working through this text, the text that I'm very familiar with as well, and I'm looking up my old Young Guns notes, and I'm just kind of meditating on it, I really want you to see the whole picture here, especially when we get to day six, and when God does something different, and he's going to create someone different than everything else we see. And so, if you like a good story, you've come to the right place, and you're going to know this, the Bible never argues for the existence of God. It always, as Tommy says, assumes it. Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth, the earth was without form or void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. We're going to be looking at the book of Genesis. I kind of skipped past this. If you want to go back, the summary of Genesis, these next 16 weeks... We can, if you like alliteration, this is how uh, we've kind of preached it at DBC. This, if you go in the Young Guns or the Women's Program, this is how we divide up the book of Genesis. And it makes a lot of sense, and it will help us do that. We're going to look at the planks through chapters 1 through 11. Creation, humans next week. I can't wait for that. Evil, redemption, civilization, judgment. That's a little Noah in there. If you like Noah in the Ark, that's going to be a fun one. Nations, the Tower of Babel. In chapter 11. And then we're going to look at patriarchs. Father Abraham, right there. <laughs> had many sons, Isaac. And many sons, Jacob had father Abraham. And Joseph. And we're going to work through the book in 16 weeks. And these just come from the North Stars here. These are our highlights. Isn't it nice? The next image, if the next slide, is how we're going to be uh, going through creation in chapter 1 today. And we started in verses 1 through 2. We're going to look at the foundations in verses 1 through 2. Because it said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Heavens, space. God created space and earth, mass. He's given us in one and two verses, one verse, two verses. If you're taking notes, God's given us time, reality, a beginning. God is outside of time, but in the beginning, God created. All space and the earth. And the earth was out form or void. And darkness was there. And the spirit, the trinity is there. The spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Always a really fun verse to think about and visualize. He's already given us time. But now he's kind of introducing to us. The Bible is introducing us to trinity. The personhood of God. God is three and one. And there's not a great analogy out there. All of them lack. Because we really truly don't understand how that can be. God is one. But there's three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that God the Holy Spirit is seen here in verse 2. The Spirit of God, it, the word really means wind. So when we read about the Spirit in Acts, that's why the Spirit's moving. Ruach, it means to move. And the Spirit is seen moving here. God the Father's present, God the Spirit, and the Spirit's hovering or fluttering over the waters. God is making this out of nothing. To make out of nothing. It's only something God can do. And the entire Trinity is actually represented here. Later in Colossians 1, this is some of my favorite passage about Jesus Christ. So Christ is portrayed here in creation in verses 1 through 2. It says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, firstborn of all creation. Does this not mean he was created? That's what Jehovah's Witness will tell you. But this means he's the first to inherit everything. For by him... All Jesus, 
All things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created, what? Through him and for him. In my favorite verse in the entire Bible, Jesus is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus is powerful. God the Father is present. Jesus is orchestrating this out, and the Spirit is moving it into motion, into being, out of nothing. Not by chance, but by a divine creator. We have our foundation. You are given a foundation here in a couple verses. But watch this. This is a fun story. Uh, there's more alliteration to come. So wait till the end. You can take a snapshot of all this. So we have forms. God is going to begin to mold and form this universe he just created. And I'm going to put the days. I don't want you to get confused because there's some days. We're going to look at days one and two. Starting in verse 3, day 1, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. We, we take these, um, the word is yom, we take these to be a 24-hour day. The earth was now turning. It had a day and night, and so he's put the earth into motion. And so we can assume he's putting everything now into motion. He's forcing it all into being. Everything's moving now. Seasons. Given us day and night. And he taught us that something's good. He said the light was good. So now we have this moral idea like something is good. God's telling us what it is. God says that's good. We have light and darkness. We have day and night. And he's going to continue to form it. Watch how he splits the sky and the sea. And God said in verse 6, day 2, God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. Let's separate this, all right? Let's make some clarity here. I'm forming this. Let's make this little canopy here where there's going to be this thing called sky. And then there's waters beneath the sky and it's separate. It's not the same. It's separate. And God separated the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse in verse 7 and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God, God called the expanse heaven or sky. You can say heaven or sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. As we go through this, I know this is a lot. I'm going to have some pictures and I'm going to zoom in on some pictures. We're talking about creation. We got to see creation. That's your homework later today, by the way. And so you just imagine what God is doing. Because if, if this sermon, if this text we're reading today, if it stays in this room and it doesn't change our view of God and our worship, then what's this all been about? As we go through this, just imagine what this must have been like. We can't, but just imagine. Expanse. God thinned this out of space. God was blanketing his creation with this canopy to protect it, separating it, like the atmosphere, and making it just a home. He's building this home, delighting in his work, protecting. He's forming the universe and the earth. As you can see, he formed the universe and the earth. And now, this is where it gets really, 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 really fun. He's going to begin to fill it up. So we saw foundations. We saw him form and now we're going to see him fill up the earth with what you say? Well, let's start with some, uh, some food. In day three, the fullness in verse nine. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place. Okay. 
That sounds great to me. And let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry earth, dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together, he called seas. And God saw that it was good. So he's filling up the earth, preparing it for what? And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees, bearing fruit in which their seed each according to its own cotton earth, and it was so. The earth brought forth, look at that vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which was their seed. All right, what's some of y'all's favorite? Yell out some of your favorite fruits. I heard pomegranate. Mangoes, strawberries, watermelon, pineapple, potatoes later. Broccoli, vegetables now, carrots. Asparagus. Now, listen, listen, listen. Could you, could you have created all those things? Could you have thought through all of those things? We could go on for hours and hours and hours naming different fruits and vegetables and trees. I love trees. Keats tree, follow it. I love it. Guys, girls, if you were creating the earth, would you have thought through it like God is a maker and he's, he's having fun here. He's creatively, creative. He's, he's making all this. He's, he's shaping it, unfolding all this for, before our eyes and for us to see now. Dry land, oceans, lakes, rivers, veggies. Later on, veggie tails, plants, trees. I mean, think of trees alone. We could talk over, we could talk for weeks. We could have conferences over trees. I just learned, I was at Jason's uh, farm the other night, last night, <laughs> and we were, he was telling me about this crazy thing that trees, do, do any of y'all have uh, acorn trees in your house right now? Or not in your house, around your house? Did you notice that there's a lot more acorns this year? Do you know why that is? About every seven years, the tree just makes more acorns because the, that means the deer won't eat as many, there's too many, and then more trees will happen. This is not by chance. Someone designed this. For us. Thought through all of it. And this is just sea land and vegetables. We're just on day three here. Day four. And God said let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens. To separate the day and the night. God that sounds great. I, I couldn't have done that. I wouldn't have. Like what? And let them be signs for seasons. And for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens. To give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights here. Yeah, there it is, the sun. It's a nice sunny day yesterday. Hope you got outside. It's beautiful to rule the day and the lesser night, the moon. So whenever you're hiking and you get some light there, the moon is just shining bright. And as you can see some of these pictures, just imagine if, as we see these next pictures, we see galaxies. We see this, uh, I tried to find like realistic, like real, 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 not fake pictures of outer space. Solar systems. The farthest we can even see is kind of depressing. If you go to the last image, the farthest our little telescope can get is that. We can't even see it. And they're saying, yeah, that's the farthest galaxy we can see right now. And that's billions and billions of light years away. At what point, and I love, man, if your parents are in research, if you want to be a scientist inventing a telescope, I think that's great. I'm just saying, at what point don't you just say, wow, we are so small. And there's so much universe. Like, how, how could this have happened? But remember, we have a foundation. God is showing us right now. 
This was the fourth day. God made the sun, the moon, and the stars. He has vegetation happening. The earth is becoming this nice canopy. This, like, home for who now? Well, we start to have some life. And this is where things get real fun. And where I probably would have made up one animal in my head. Have you ever tried to, like, create something? Like, it's really hard. And God's just like, watch this. Day 5, verse 20. And God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures. And let birds fly. Let's hear for the birds above the earth, across the expanse of the heavens. Verse 21, so God created sea creatures and every living creature that moves. In which the waters swarm according to their kinds. And every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters of the sea. And birds do the same. And that's the fifth day. Okay, great. We got to stop here for a second because God just did something only God can do. He is filling the earth with life. And it's not like this uh, same old, same old, same old, same old. It's thousands and thousands and thousands of species of creative. Um, this is where we believe the dinosaurs were formed. All sea creatures. There's a thing called the anglerfish. The first uh, I was talking to my... We have an amazing uh, person working the slides today. Um, we're going to go through some of these. Could you have designed that? An anglerfish really has a little light. Finding Nemo was not all that wrong. This exists. And it's, it's at the deep, deepest part of the oceans. It took me a long time to find a real picture. Not just like a Finding Nemo picture of it. This really... Exist. Would you have invented a rainbow parrot fish? This next one? Would you have invented this? Like, this is creative. This is beautiful. This is God. God created all of this. Have you ever seen a sword billed hummingbird fly? Look at this type of hummingbird. This isn't a normal hummingbird, this is an extra long. He's got a sword. So I can get the little pollen. Did you know that a hummingbird's nest is blue? Isn't that creative and, and, and amazing? If you ever find one, they're very tiny. You know, a hummingbird, how much does it weigh? I keep pointing to Nathan. I don't know if Nathan knows how much a hummingbird weighs. But their little heart is just going, uh, you know. Pixar to do a movie on hummingbirds. It's a good idea. You steal it. Hummingbirds are my favorite. I put a little hummingbird feeder in me. And we just watch it. Ooh. Take this sugar water. We watch it go away. I'm like, this is awesome. And that's just one bird. I didn't want to put a lot more birds on there. All species. And look, guys. Look, look, look. In verse 22. All species come from the blessing of God. Not over time. But they were made intentionally by a creative creator. Not because they had time to change and, and grow. They were made. They're thought about. And then day six happens. And day six is kind of a two-parter. We're going to focus on the one part one at first. In verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds. I say according to their kinds. Livestock and creepy, ooh, creeping things. Ugh. And beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so because God made it from nothing and he's God. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds. And this is all happening. It was good. And we have not the end of the sixth day yet. Don't hold on. Hold your horses quite literally. All right? Like this is 
incredible. This is our God. Invented something like a snow leopard. These are just some of my favorites. A snow leopard. Who is extremely hard to, it's just beautiful. And after some prey. Anything from a big cat to a little bitty kitten. I had too much fun. From a big cat to a little bitty kitten. God is in both of those things. From my favorite animal, a giant bear. This is my favorite, a Kodak bear. This is the, my favorite animals, and I hope I never have to. I've only seen one in, in, in Colorado, and, and you don't want to find a bear. So I like looking at them on this, this way. Uh, but uh, these are the type of brown bear, and a Kodak bear gets so... It's the biggest. It gets way bigger than grizzly bears. And there's a little island off Canada. It's just called Kodak Island. And there's just, there's more bears there per square mile than anywhere. So that tells you don't go to that island. Yeah. Smelling like fish anyway. <laughs> then there's this little baby fox. It's called a, it's called a Fennec fox. It's very rare. And it has these large ears. It's a species that God made. I, want you to, I wanted you to have those reactions. When you read about creation, you say, God, wow. You marvel. You worship. I want you to see, and we can stand here for days and weeks. Like I said, we'll throw a conference on just the different species and how beautiful they are. Now, hang with me here. I had to do a little digging. I had fun, too. I wanted to worship God through chapter one. How about a Venezuelan poodle moth? This is incredible. This is a creeping thing. Day six. This is incredible. Wait for it. Wait. I got a surprise for y'all. How about a panda ant? This is real. I'm not joking. This is real. This is real. This is Sunday morning. We're looking at panda ants. Unfortunately, this guy is so powerful. This is also known as the cow killer. It, so it will kill a cow. And so I'm not saying that's good. I'm saying, I mean, this is just who he is or it, whatever. But it looks like a panda. Kung Fu Panda 4 or 5. Put an ant in there. I'm telling you, y'all. All animals with their own what? With their own DNA. How do you write, how do you make DNA? I mean, just, are you kidding me? I'm not the science scholar in here. I mean, that's, you've already seen that. I just think these animals are awesome. And I'll tell you about the conference we have coming up Saturday. And we have some of the greatest minds coming in this next Saturday, by the way, at Denton Bible Church, if you have the big questions. All I know is all this is from God. And I take that by faith. Distinctively made and these are all distinctly made, not in the image of God. He just made them. He's filling the earth. And boy, did he. Creatively creating. Creatively creating. At the Everest, at the peak, at the very top of creation, half a day six, the latter half, 
one of the last things he'll create. We had foundations. We, had, we saw forces. We saw forming. We, and he filled the earth. And now we're going to see the foreman in day six. Verse 26. We're almost done. Hang with me. Y'all are doing great. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and livestock. Let them have dominion over everything we just made. He's, telling, he's saying, the Trinity. Let us. The Holy, the Holy Trinity is present. God the Father's will. Jesus Christ's power and the Spirit moving. Remember? One. God is one. So God created man in his own image. The image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He created them. Male and female, he created them. God made two sexes here. And it says in the image, in the likeness. In the image and the likeness of God, he created them. Image is referring to power. And likeness is sociable. He, he made us like himself. Reflection of God. And at the peak of his creation, we, we become his delight. The delight of his work. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. As we see here, it's not by chance. Or from something else. We're like, well, that, okay, that kind of formed in that way. No, 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 this is, this is maker. This is, as we'll see next week, I got to be careful here. Because next week is all zoom in on humans and how we're created. Let me tell you what, the girls are going to be featured next week. We're going to see how Adam made, um, how he made Eve from Adam. It's going to be a great Sunday next week. I'm not saying it's not a great Sunday this week. I'm saying come back next week. You see humans. But we've got to give it some love here. He created them. We had a, there's a lot of different analogies that people can use that you've probably heard. They're like, oh, I, I get it. But I think we had Charles here once and if you still think that all of this was maybe just, okay, maybe you're saying, yes, Keats, like, I really do take, uh, I have faith too, Keats, it's just in something else. I think all this was just by chance, and we just kind of got lucky. I don't believe God created everything, and, you know, I mean, you could, I think Charles put it well, it's, it's, it's you know, if you have an expensive watch, maybe you saved up to get a really expensive watch, this is not an expensive watch, but maybe any watch, and it gets torn to pieces. And then you throw it in, you've heard this before, you throw it in a jar. You could shake that jar for, if you could live millions of years, if you, you could shake that jar for millions of years if you wanted to, and it's never going to become a watch. It's also another illustration. Um, the Ravi Zacharias put it just recently, and I was listening to one of his sermons. Um, you could have a modest, a small-town little paper company. Not Dunder Mifflin. And if the paper company were just to catch fire and maybe blow up one day, no one's harmed, you wouldn't expect to walk around and find books made. You don't, you don't have something like a, a book that's, that's put together from just this an explosion. No, 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 someone made a, a book that took someone to do that. Someone made a watch. We are, we have a maker. And God blessed them in 28. And I got to, I'll, I'll rush through this because we're going to zoom in on next week. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. You have dominion over all the things I just made. Yeah, fish, 
birds? Sure. And behold, every plant, in verse 29, on the face of the earth, and tree, you shall have them for food. And every beast of the field and every bird that, of the heavens and everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I give, I've given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Life comes from God's blessing. It was very good. We've got Adam and Eve. He's, God says, this is very good. He built a home for humans called it Eden, which means delight. It was their delight. It was a place for them to have perfect fellowship with him, as we'll get into next week. Adam and Eve were created by God, for God, and to rule over all creation. They have a different worth. They're, they're worth more um, than a piece of lettuce. It's different. Or, or a livestock. It's just different. We're made in the image of God. He gave us worth. And he said, you can rule over it. You can rule this earth. Not telling them to abuse everything. He's saying, you can use it. Use it. They also had a, a couple different jobs to do. And you'll see that next week. If you're confused of why you're reading about this now, and you're, it's also talked about in, in chapter 2, this is the more chronological view in chapter 1. It says everything that happened. And then chapter 2, the author zooms in at the peak of creation. He's going to zoom in on what happened when God created man and woman. And so he's just going to expound it next week for us. He's just trying to give you a chronological view of creation here. And then we've had a foundation. We've had a form Forming, uh, he's filled it. We see the foreman. And the last one, he's finished. God finishes day seven. And this is actually in chapter two, verses one through three. Thus the heavens and earth were finished and the, all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work and he said, I'm going to rest. He rested on the seventh day from all this work that he had done. He blessed it and called it holy. Everything was finished. The last word for us today. God's done. Creation's complete. And he rests. And I love how even a revelation is just how much light is shown on something, right? And so we have a lot of light shown on creation. But this is what God wants us to know about it. This is what he wants us to know. But this is a really cool thing about the Bible. Now when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Jesus, God, he can reveal more light. He can shed even more light on things and he can bring us more revelation. Not some other human, but God can reveal more. That's why when Jesus talks about the Sabbath later and, and, and resting, it, it all comes from God. And Jesus kind of makes it more known to us. He shows us more about the heart later on. Everything was good here. It was very good. Humans were at the center of the creation. And as we'll see next week, I mean, they had paradise. It was paradise. All this for them. All this for them. Man worships. God rest, perfection. This is the chronological order of creation. The thematic will come next week. And for those of you that are sitting there and you've got, you're writing all the questions down, you've got the theories named. You're like, Keith, no, no, no. It wasn't a 24-hour day. That's more of a season. You got it wrong. Well, don't yell at me. If you got these big questions, if you, if you prefer to go more word by word, if you want to like, talk more in depth about each day, if you've got the questions, you're like, no, 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 no. 
uh, timeout keeps back up a couple days. I think you misspoke somewhere. Or maybe you think this, mis maybe you don't take this to be true. You've got those big questions. Then we've got a great gift for you coming this Saturday. And I'm not trying to just, I think this is a really cool timing. We have some of the best scholars. I have a slide that shows it on there. It's called the Discovery Institute. And uh, it's only $15 for students and you get a lunch. And I think it starts around 9 a.m., Maybe it ends around 4 p.m. I'm not really sure. There's a student track in there as well. And uh, Charles is bringing in some big name, uh, big name people, some big hitters, um, exploring what we're talking about, the origin of the universe, the origin of life. I don't think that's coincidence that we're starting Genesis. I thought it was really cool. I want to tell you about it. The development of biological complexity. And they're going to critique um, the cultural and scientific impact of Darwinism. I wanted to write that down so you could hear everything. I think this is too good to be true. I, I have to present this to you if this is your bag. Some of you saw this and you're like, show me the panda ant again. I'm like, okay, well, then maybe this isn't for you. But I want to give you a resource. I want you to ask the questions. They're going to have Q&As. Bring them. You know who's really not scared of your questions and you're digging is God. Nothing to hide. And the more and more we actually physically dig in Israel, the more and more we find to be true. And people are like, well, isn't that something? That looks like it's exactly what's happened in the Bible. God made the entire universe, and this is my favorite part, and we're, we're out of here. At the height of his creation, said to you, it said to me. That blows me away. Who are we? Humans were the apple of God's eye, the center of his affection. You, don't, you have to see by now, and you're going to see next week, you are so important. You have so much value because God gives it to you. Ephesians 1, some of my favorite passages, it, it talks about the origins of the universe. And it talks about how God, before there was let there be light, in his mind and heart, he said, let there be you. He was thinking about you and me before all of this, all of creation. You by name. You're not an accident. You were planned. You have purpose. You have value from God. And so this is your homework for today. I mean, it's not real homework because you got to get it. You're not going to school tomorrow. I want you to go outside at some point. And thankfully, it's a nice sunny day. Tonight or today or tonight. Think about some of these questions. Spend at least 30 minutes doing something you enjoy outside. Think it through some of this, and then I'll pray. God, who am I? God, who am I that you would even consider me? I'm on earth, and I see what I can see. I was at the stars last night, so way outside of town. I'm like, okay, I can see this, but I don't understand it. I don't understand how there's, we can go billions of light years that way, and there's more of this beautiful universe that God created. I don't, I, I feel insignificant, but then God gives me significance with his love for me. God, who am I that you should even want to know me, that you allowed me to know you? Think through that. And then I want you to thank him for it. I want you to worship. Worship is just, thank you, God. Thank you for all this beautiful creation. Thank you for something as small as a, a little gecko or big as a huge elephant. Thank you for uh, the creation. Thank you for everything. Thank you for your unconditional love towards me through Jesus. Thank you for your beautiful creation and thank him for the cross. That after all of this, and we're, we're going to see in a couple of weeks, Adam and Eve, they distance themselves from God with their sin. But God puts a plan into place. 
Only a few verses in chapter 3 after sin, God puts redemption. And God's going to send a superhero himself to step down and to step into our mess and save us. You are allowed to read ahead. And so um, we'll be in chapter 2 next week. And then chapter 3 next, uh, the week after. So I would encourage you to read chapter 2 next week as we zoom in to really how God made Adam and Eve. And then what their life was like in the garden. Father, thank you, for, thank you for this morning. We'll start with that. Thank you for these amazing students and how we all have value and how you love us. We were fearfully and wonderfully made. God, you knew us before the, even the, uh, the foundation of the, the universe, God. Ephesians tells us you were thinking about us. We were predestined for this. Yeah, there's purpose. You didn't throw this together either, God. You didn't throw together, we talked uh, last month, you didn't throw together Christmas. You didn't throw together creation. This was intentional. This was your community, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And you, you let us see this through Genesis chapter 1. Light. We have revelation. Yes, we end the Bible in a book called Revelation. But you begin the Bible with revelation. You say, this is it. Here's your time. Here's your reality. Now go. Worship the one true God of the Bible. And I hope a student... Our students in here can realize that. And maybe we could zoom out and maybe not get all in the fine details and theories right now. Or was that a 24-hour day? Or I don't know. Then maybe we could zoom out and say, wow, God's done all this. And at the height of that, he created humans and he loves me. I hope they can walk out today knowing that. I know this was all out of text to go through one Sunday. I hope this lands somewhere for someone. I hope that something about it can land in the hearts of everyone here. And we can all walk away and do that fun homework where we can go outside and truly marvel and worship and say, God, you've done so much for me. Who am I? We're so small compared to everything, yet you're fond of us, yet you love us, yet you've done so much for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll ask this in your son's name, Jesus. And for his sake, amen.